Welcome to a special on the road edition of the Cairo London podcast. Uh, it's Craig McLean here and I am in deepest, darkest Cornwall. And I have had a lovely day and which started with a paddleboard uh, followed by a podcast laid down with Tommy Tonkins, who has basically been the man behind the scenes tucked down here in Cornwall looking after our brand building and marketing programs for the last five years and we just got chatting about that journey and during that discussion we talk about the secret Yes, that's right. You will learn, if you keep listening, the secret to marketing that has helped Cairo London journey from one clinic to five in about three or four years. On top of that, though, you'll also hear about two great ways we just keep in touch with our community. And, it, you know, the journey as to how those things evolved. Uh, one was a, a, a weekly email we send out to people. And the other one is a more recent podcast we just started to lay down, which you're listening to right now. But anyway, sit back, have a bit of a relax. Uh, Tommy's a great guy. Uh, he's got his own personal journey of embracing chiropractic uh, for himself and his family uh, and how he's used Cairo to help him, uh, you know, on top of uh, transitioning from a pretty unhealthy rugby player to a mega fit crossfitter um, just in an 18 month period so if you do get all the way to the very end of this podcast there's a little bonus personal journey there for you as well anyway over to the chat welcome to the Cairo London podcast thank you for having me welcome to Cornwall well yeah it's um it's sort of interesting isn't it I'm here in Cornwall yep we are, I've been doing all these podcasts as an Instagram live. We are now sat in a lounge room um, face to face and it's nice to do it personally. It's lovely. And the lounge room is overlooking Falmouth Harbour with the seagulls in the background, the, um, the harbour looking lovely, the boats sat on their moorings, uh, seals out in the water, Craig, that we saw this morning. Went for a paddleboard earlier this morning. That was a nice start. Um, and, you know, I, I, I learned from Ravi, this uh, chiropractor that I did uh, a chat with in Sydney, and he was talking about the fact that two blokes can't actually have a conversation facing each other. It's kind of like a campfire-style scenario where you need to actually be kind of like facing uh, sort of 180-degree opposite angles, right? And then you can have a decent conversation, whereas if you're actually looking someone in the eye, there's something no, weird right. about it. <laughs> no eye contact. So no eye contact allowed. <laughs> Just look straight ahead right. out there at the harbour. Gaze across the St. Moors in the background. And then we can um, we can have a bit of a chat. Um, but yeah, look, just to... The purpose of this conversation, though, was to have a chat about... I've been working with you using your marketing, although apparently we're not allowed to use that word anymore. Okay. Brand building. Yeah, brand building. Marketing, a dirty word, apparently, according to some of our team. Yeah. Mainly Drew. Yeah. But the for how many years now? Um, what year are we in? 2020. Five years, I would say. So... Um, 
I started working for myself back in 2015. Um, I used to be a journalist. I then went, uh, ended up living down in Falmouth and went and did a master's degree in broadcast journalism. Uh, from there, ended up, had intentions to go and live and work in London and fight for truth and justice in the world. Uh, and then actually just fell in love with Cornwall and was like, yeah, I'll stay here, thanks. Uh, ended up running a communications department at a big international charity. Um, then went and did some marketing stuff for the ferry company, which was a bit of a random career change. Um, and from there, got poached to go and work for a marketing agency, which I loved. And then once we found out uh, my wife was pregnant, I was very much of the mindset, well, as if I'm, if I'm going to do this, I want to be the master of my own destiny and have control over my time. So I made the decision to leave a uh, very well-paid job and go freelance and try and make a go of it. And yeah, you were one of my first clients through the elusive and lovely Toby Bud. <laughs> well, so that's how I recall, though, meeting you is through um, we've done various things with our brand building over the years, uh, which started off through the Peloton and Mike Hutch which I think initially provided some services through him. And it was maybe Toby was even working with him at the time, right? Um, yeah, I think that would have been prior to when I started. So the stuff, because Toby ended up leaving the Peloton, but then you guys still used, because Toby had overseen the big website rebuild and everything else. So Toby stayed with, or you guys stayed with Toby, and then he needed... He needs someone to do the work, <laughs> which, which you won't mind me saying, which is very much where I came in. And initially it was, it was all kind of content based. It was around writing articles about chiropractic, um, looking at how we could update any copy on the website and sort of kicking content marketing into gear or sort of leveling it up, I guess, because you guys had always done it relatively well um and it was just sort of ramping that up and then as i guess as time progressed fairly quickly it went from just being partly chiropractic to oh hey guys we've got another clinic um and then it became an exercise in spinning plates for a little while and getting uh getting an online presence built for the different clinics and then this whole Cairo london thing happened and everything came under the one umbrella and it's been I guess a gradual evolution of the stuff, not only how the brands developed and how you guys run, but the role that I've played within that and whether that has been building the websites to running the social media ad campaigns to a bit of email marketing, which we'll talk about later, um, to just making sure that I guess the, you know, the messaging that we get out there is right. Um, and then to a certain extent that things work the way they, they should do. Um, and I guess in, in recent times, uh, particularly with the stuff we've had this year, I've almost become a bit of a fixer where things happen or we need to change things quickly, i.e. like putting the pop-up on the website when um, uh, lockdown first happened um, and little bits and pieces like that. And I guess because it's been so long now, you know, five years since we've been working together, I've got a lot of that ingrained knowledge of how things work, where things are and how to fix things when they go wrong. So go back to that um, 
Because you have covered a lot just there. Yeah, sorry. Fudum, <laughs> <laughs> brain dump. Uh, but the the we were chatting earlier, paddleboarding, or you know, um, uh, you summarise really quite nicely. I thought that idea of what marketing is about for you, because hopefully, the, what the listener takes away from this edition is a, a real simple version of what we've been doing, and some sort of reassurance that what you're doing out there marketing and specifically to learn for us so i guess if you're a chiropractor out there who's wondering what they should be doing and maybe hoping to learn a little bit from the cairo london group that we over the last five years have grown from one practice to five what is it you know what's the secret to our marketing we are going to share with you the secret to our marketing strategy (laughs) (laughs) which may not be as uh detailed or as elaborate as you think but reassure you that probably what you're doing is is not too far off what we have been doing so what what were you saying in there so i think the big secret is there is no secret uh, there is no magic bullet. There is no wand that you can wave over something and uh, a get rich quick kind of scheme for chiropractic marketing. Um, for any kind of marketing, quite a lot of in marketing, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Um, and people will, people who are mainly in it for self gain, will try and sell the idea that if you do X, Y, and Z like this and do it my way, then this will happen and you'll, you know, you'll. Um, 10 times your revenue in six months or whatever it might be. Um, sure, I'm sure some people have done that. Um, but that's, uh, I'm, I don't come from that school of thought and I don't, I don't believe in it. I think for me, marketing and what we're talking about when we're paddleboarding, every business in the world, it doesn't matter if you're a chiropractor, a software company, a hotel, uh, there's two things that you want to do. Uh, the first thing is attract new people. Um, you want new people to come and experience the service that you offer. So from uh, a chiropractic perspective, you want new clients coming through the door, uh, whether they are people who've experienced chiropractic before or it's totally new to them. Um, so you want to bring new people in. And the second thing you want to do is you want to keep your existing client base. Uh, you want to build that loyalty and build brilliant relationships. So they come back time and time again. But also, if you do that well and you build great relationships with people and you have that loyalty and they love you, you know, branding and the affinity that we feel towards brands that we like comes down to emotion and comes down to love. How do we, the, the, the people that we engage with um, and the brands that we that we love are the ones that create emotion within us and we have strong feelings towards. And if you do that well, people will recommend you to others. Um, and word of mouth marketing is by far and away the most powerful marketing channel out there. Um, I've been working for myself for five years. A lot of what I do now is predominantly writing content for people, although I still still have that wider marketing knowledge and can build websites and do, do everything else that we, we spoke about earlier. Um, but I don't do any of my own marketing. All of my work comes from referrals because I do a good job for people. Um, they hopefully like me. And then they say to their friends, well, look, if you need this, do go and speak to Tommy because he's great. Um, it's not harder than that. It doesn't have to be complicated. I think do the right things to get people through the door and then keep them there by just being good people um, and building good relationships. And then, um, yes, you need a little bit of patience. It doesn't happen overnight. But set those things in place and then you'll have a really strong 
organic marketing that works for you uh, and doesn't require actually a huge amount of effort on your part other than being really good at what you do and being a decent person yeah no, it's, it's funny though because uh, picking up on a couple of points there, the the chiropractors, the, the team that we have now that hopefully you now know by listening to the previous editions of the podcast, but quite often, well, certainly early on, there was this real thing of like, what is the company doing for me to bring me new leads, right? And it really became this thing of like counting the number of new leads that the company was able to provide, right? Whereas um, now, like what exactly you said there about word of mouth, there is no doubt that if you look historically at the people who've been coming through the door who are new to us, way more of those guys come in as a result of the word of mouth of what the individual has been doing or what the individual clinic has been doing as opposed to any ad that you pay for on Instagram or Facebook or anything else like that. So you've got to remember that, you know, before you start looking at, you know, it's the the company's uh, job to provide for you. It's like, well, actually, if you're just doing your job properly, uh, and doing it well and engaging with the people that you're caring for, then that's going to be your biggest source of people coming through the door anyway. You know, um, but no, as I wanted to go back onto that that idea of of the the two things you were talking about, new leads and then look after people, right? So we've had that journey where very early on we were sort of we went from one clinic Putney to five clinics within five years and we also i'm sure you remember me getting very wrapped up in that idea of tommy we're dying here you know um well not only was that that dreaded phone call that you got every six months going tommy i probably should have involved you in this whole process (laughs) but we've just bought a new clinic and (laughs) sorry (laughs) and we need a we need a website built tomorrow um, so people know where to find us, you know. Um, so not only do we do that, but then we were like, now we've got this, we need some more people in the door, right? So yeah. maybe something like Marlebone, um, there wasn't as much chiropractic going on there as we thought. And we we're like, oh, my God, how are we going to turn this around, right? So then we did fall into a little bit of a trap of really trying to almost be desperate in our attempt to get some people in the door. And, and, and therefore, you look at things like anything from Groupon to, you know, free stuff given away on paid-for social yeah. media advertising and, and all that sort of stuff. And so um, I guess we're kind of lucky in the fact that in the last nearly year, I think we still did some last year, but we kind of almost pulled the plug on that whole idea of like um, – come for 20 pounds, get your foot in the door, and then, you know, once we get the foot in the door, you'll you'll like us, I promise, and yeah. then you'll be able to you know, stick around, you know. And we've gone from that to spending a bit more time into the um, nurturing the people that actually are in the door. And we've, there's some really cool stuff that we've actually done that we should talk about, right? Yeah. Um, so should we just go there? Um... Yeah, I think just to sort of recap on that, I think if you look at, if you're a chiropractor or, um, you know, you run a clinic or you run a number of clinics, there 
from from my perspective, I think there's going to be two, broadly speaking, two types of people that are looking for the services that chiropractors offer. Um, they're either going to be people who are in pain. Um, so people who are busted up, have got, you know, sore back, sore neck, whatever, and want treatment and want treatment straight away because they're living in discomfort, they're living in pain and they want someone to fix it. And then I think the second, uh, the second type are the people who get chiropractic and buy into it as a way of enhancing life, enhancing quality of life by having regular adjustments because, um, I described it actually the other week in one of the emails that I sent out of when I, I'd never been adjusted before I started working with you guys. And now I have, you know, at least when I'm not injured, when I'm injured, I'll have a lot of treatment. And when I'm not, it'll be like at least every, every other week I'll get adjusted. And it's that lifting of the fog. It's the clarity that it brings. And it's, it's, it's an awareness that you didn't necessarily know wasn't there and then you get adjusted and it's like turning the lights like the light if the lights are on 30 percent, and then all of a sudden you say alexa turn the lights to 100 percent brightness that's kind of what an adjustment does for me um so there's those two types of people and ideally if you are a chiropractor you bring the first person in because they're in they're in pain and in order to do that they need to be able to find you and that's either through you know a google search or talking to a friend and saying i have a really bad back uh or, you know, really sore shoulder um and your friend goes oh go and see go and see the guys at Cora london they're awesome they'll fix you uh, so it's getting those people in and then once they're in, I think the role then comes on the chiropractor to uh, educate people as to what regular chiropractic treatment and adjustments can do for them. Um, and that's building the second part and the much more stronger part where the, the loyalty comes in and you get that repeat business. Because you know what you've mentioned there though, it's, it's pretty much, it's, if you talk in percentage terms, the probably, um, I don't have the exact stats here, but I'm guessing it's almost like 90% of the new people coming in the building have some sort of pain or discomfort and 10% maybe have embraced already the kind of Cairo lifestyle thing before they even come in the door. Yeah. And in fact, I'm pretty sure 0% of that 10% even have embraced the Cairo side of the lifestyle. They've certainly maybe embraced a well-being lifestyle, looking at nutrition and diet and exercise and all those other things. And then they're like, they take no time to kind of say, well, that makes sense to have my nervous system working well too, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting that whole idea of like how, because you have embraced for you and your family um, the idea of regularly going to the chiropractor, right? Like you, you take your daughter, right? Yeah, yeah. So my daughter's four and a half now and she probably had her first adjustment uh Gosh, twelve weeks, maybe, maybe even sooner. So you, um, but you, you went from this kind of "well, I better start getting adjusted" thing to sort of power being on. How did you then sort of? Because a lot of people get the power turned on and like that's great, but only a small percentage of them then sort of extrapolate to then say, "Well, actually, maybe the family needs to get involved as well." You know. So how did you make that journey? Um, so it, I guess my my first adjustment, and I can rem- I can remember uh, I remember emailing you and saying, Craig, I've really hurt my shoulder playing rugby. Do you know anyone down here who I can go and see? And you said, um, Simon Finnamore, he's just moved back down. Go and see him; he'll, he'll sort you out. And Simon's been brilliant. Uh, and this was yeah, this was like far four years ago. Um, and so I, that was the first time I experienced it. And again, 
you know, what drew me into it, I was in pain, I needed fixing, I got fixed, and then I was like, oh, wow, this is great, actually, and I want to do this more regularly. My wife was born with congenital dislocation of the hips, um, so she's got clicky hips, she's had a huge amount of surgery all through her life. The last big operation she had was in 2006 where they broke her pelvis in three places she had a triple pelvic osteotomy uh, so they broke her pelvis in three places repositioned it and screwed it back together um, and she had to learn to walk again she was in a wheelchair for six months um, so she's had uh, a whole bunch of problems with her hips um, she got into sports she got into gig rowing and now she does crossfit um, and the combination of doing CrossFit and seeing a chiropractor means she pretty much lives pain-free. Um, it is really rare that she will have issues with her pelvis or her hips now. And when she does, it's fixed with an adjustment. So uh, was Simon her first chiropractor? Yeah, yeah. And so it must have taken a fair bit of uh, coercing to maybe even have her to contemplate getting on the table right or? yeah well I think I, was, I remember saying to Polly I was like look this is great you should you should try it um, and she did and she immediately saw the benefits um, she was quite open minded to it and she wasn't too um, I said look I think it's really going to help you um, and she yeah she got to- totally on board with it actually that bit was that bit was fine and initially I think she was getting like two adjustments a week because it was fairly a severe case yeah, I can um, but now she's in a point where again yeah she'll go ev- she'll go every two weeks and when when Gracie was born it was kind of like a no-brainer for us. It was just like, well, she's going to come along anyway. Um, let's just get her checked out because it, it makes sense. And, you know, we get it done. And she loves it now. Um, there's actually a video of, from a couple of years ago of them talking about it on the My Living Room chiropractic website. Um, and Gracie's the same now. We're going together. And she'll be like, she'll jump straight up on the bench. She's the first one there. She insists on having her adjustment first. Um, and it's... It's the only time she sits still. Uh, and she's good as gold. She'll lie there, um, yeah, won't move, loves it, loves it. Because uh, I was going to ask you about this whole family story anyway before maybe we're going to end with this, but it's obviously evolved into sort of coming yeah. up as a discussion. <laughs> we'll get back maybe, to marketing in a minute. Maybe <laughs> we should bring it back to, um, like, it's great, almost a rep, uh, that's the story of you guys initially coming in and then evolving it to involve the whole family and you're now doing it for sort of performance benefits with all the training and stuff yeah maybe sometimes are a bit broken and feel like you need fixing as well but getting back to the marketing side of things when you you set foot in the door like i said we were sort of focusing on trying to get more people in the door Mm -hmm. but then we realized fairly quickly that well, we've always known that, like you're saying, how do you then do that part two, you know, which yeah. is then care for the people yeah. more and what strategies did we put in place for that, right? So, yes, we did some of those like promotions and vouchers and discounts and all that sort of stuff. But as we have kind of stopped doing that, we've evolved more into some cool things for yeah. looking after people once they're in the door. 
So what's your favourite thing that we do with that? So Monday, the Monday motivation email, and we'll tell the story about how, how this started. But I think just going back to the getting people through the door bit, there's absolutely a time and a place for some paid advertising, whether that's through social or whether that's through um, Google, pay-per-click. Um, in terms of people being able to, uh, and because you can get so highly targeted, particularly on Facebook, in terms of reaching people who might need you but don't know about you um it serves it can serve a really good purpose um and i think you know what we've alluded to is where we were it was probably way too much of that and and less of the other stuff and i can remember coming down and we did a workshop in putney um in the upstairs room um and at the time i'd fairly it wouldn't have been I was a fairly recent subscriber to Tim Ferriss's email, which is called Five Bullet Friday. Um, Tim Ferriss wrote the uh, the Four Hour Working Week book, a uh, very famous podcaster, a bit sort of a Marmite character. Some people really like him, others don't. Um, but his email was really good. Every every Friday, he'd send out this five bullet email. And when traditionally you think about email marketing, you think about the you know save ten percent on your next appointment, the sort of all singing, all dancing, flashy emails that are really sales driven, um, that are trying to get people to buy something. Um, and you know, some, they they do work really well. It's a really uh, good channel to use to do that. But I think particularly over the past maybe three years there's been a big move towards long-form content in in email um and inboxes are kind of inboxes are more intimate places than social media there we have a different relationship to them uh as a user of them and as a consumer of them because we're kind of it's a bit quieter you know we're not being bombarded with pictures images adverts and so there's a little bit more time which lends itself really well to being able to open an email and sit down and read something uh and so i said i remember saying at this workshop we had in putney i said look you guys are really interesting people you do cool stuff um you know you cycle luke runs drew drinks and has coffee (laughs) and eats good food um like there's there's loads of the interests outside of chiropractic all kind of fit into that wellness lifestyle and it's the kind of thing that your clients are really interested in and it's the stuff that would come up in conversation while you're doing an adjustment um oh have you guys checked out have you listened to this podcast have you read this book have you watched this documentary um i was like look why don't we start putting that down in an email and send it out every every monday people get it at the same time every day uh they open it up and it's just us talking about stuff that makes life a little bit better um that we don't like bang on about chiropractic the whole time we don't try and sell things we talk about stuff that we find interesting that makes us interesting as people and that we think that you guys receiving this are going to get it and you know if it goes out to 100 people and say 50 people open it and of that 50 people five people take action from something and it changes their mindset or life in some way and we do that every week, then that's huge. Uh, and it might seem like low numbers to start off with, but actually, like, I don't think, I don't think there's a more admirable cause than being able to do that. Um, and so yeah, Monday motivation took off. And I can remember as well, like, 
do we, do we have to do this? Do we have to do an email every week? Do I really have to write it? Um, at 6.30 a.m.? Yeah. That's when it's like, what, what? who reads an email at yeah. 6.30 a.m.? Is anyone reading it? Like, you know, is this just a waste of time? And I can remember the first time we stopped it. Uh, and we said, okay, we'll just stop, we'll stop doing it for a week, um, or two. Um, and then there was emails. Well, where's, where's my Monday motivation this week? And I said, well, there's, you know, there's the proof. People look forward to receiving this. They open it. Um, and the fact when people haven't got it, they've emailed in and they've said, like, I didn't get my, I didn't get my edition. Cause I think I'd forgotten we took a break, but I remember, I think we did it for like a year, didn't we? Was I'm not sure it was that long. It was, no. it was a good, few, it was a few months. I think okay. it was a few months. And then there was some sort of like, maybe it was an over summer break. I was thinking yeah. we, we did the summer break. Maybe yeah. we started it in like January, February or something. And then um, we took a summer break and that's when we actually got some feedback. So we yeah. saying, hey, I really love that stuff. Can you, what's going on? You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. And in terms of, you know, to use a marketing phrase, value add, um, it becomes invaluable because it's a way... It doesn't cost, it doesn't cost anything, um, for the recipient that, you know, it's not something that people pay to receive. Um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a value add where we give something back. We give it away for free. Um, and we just say, Hey, look, here's some stuff you might be, you might be interested in. Um, and what's, you know, I guess to, to follow on from that, once I saw how, uh, again, talking about chiropractic marketing, once I saw how well Monday Motivation was working, my chiropractor I see down here in Cornwall, Simon Finnamore, I said, look, Simon, why don't you do a similar thing? Uh, so he now does Finnamore's Five for Friday, um, which is five points. And it's really, it's actually like, although it's similar, it's really different in tone and style to Monday Motivation and Thoughtful Thursday. Um, and he kind of sticks to the same five things. This is what I'm listening to. This is what I'm watching. This is what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm laughing at. Um, and again, it's the the feedback that he gets from his clients is they love receiving it. But also... And this is something Luke said as well, is like the discipline of sitting down and writing it is really useful to actually go through that process. Um, and I've decided like fairly recently to practice what I preach and and start doing my own email. And it was midway through lockdown and where I sort of brought, brought my telling tales email back to life. Um and would echo the, you know, those thoughts of actually, it's really useful for me to sit down and write it. I get a lot out of doing it. Um, and it's amazing when you get an email back from someone saying, thank you so much. I really needed to hear that today. Mm. Um, and it might be you know, one person out of a hundred saying that, but that makes it worthwhile. So let's go back to the details of it. Like we, I couldn't believe it when we reached our hundredth Monday motivation email. Yeah. Right? Um, so there was a bit of fanfare around that, but that was, I think last year sometime we hit a hundred. Um, just to, you mentioned, cause the Monday motivation through the old COVID lockdown turned into, we're like, <laughs> as opposed to maybe thinking, let's just stop sending people emails at 6.30 AM on a Monday cause no one's going to work anyway. Um, we kind of went right the other direction and said, let's send, now send two emails a week and we're going to change it from Monday motivation to mindful Monday yep. and thoughtful Thursday, right? Yep. So now they get an 8.30 slight sleep in email twice a week and it's evolved into being one still a Monday motivation style Monday email and Thursday being more of a 
this is what's going on in our clinics. This is the update of what's actually happening. We are open to emergency, but now we're open to re-routine or however it's evolved. Uh, to now having guests uh, on a Thursday, guest chiropractors or guest uh, writers of the email on a Thursday, and it's kept going. And, you know, I think uh, it seems to be even more engaging for people who've got not much to do at home in this in this time. So, a hundred percent. And I think if you put yourself in the position of just just like we all were going through the craziness of the last few months, and you can see everyone will have stories of brands that have done things incredibly well through lockdown, and some people did exactly what you said to start off with they just stopped communicating with their clients so now we're out of lockdown and things are returning to some degree of normality who are they going to turn to the people who stayed with them throughout the lockdown and was like look guys i know we're shut and you're not coming in but here's some stuff that's going to help you out um all the people who weren't there you know of course they're going to turn to the people who kept communicating with them regularly and you know you come back down to Good marketing is good communication and good and good communication is the absolute bedrock for strong relationships. Um, and a lot of good communication comes from, yes, the clarity of the message and all of that, but storytelling and being able to relate to people. Again, going back to emotions, people, people engage with people and it doesn't matter what service that you offer. It's about putting that human front on that and, and talking to people on an emotional level, um, as well as stimulating them in a mental way, hopefully. Um, you know, you stimulate the mind, you engage with people on an emotional level, you create feelings within people and then they build that affinity towards the brand. Um, Which and is a perfect segue, by the way. Now I'm a professional podcaster. <laughs> Two, leading to the thing that has sort of motivated me to actually start this podcast in the first place, right? Yeah. Um, in that uh, communication or I guess even going at a deeper level, trying to communicate or maybe understand who the people are in our team. Because uh, I remember you were like, I sent you a link to the first podcast, and what was your reaction to that again? Do you remember what it was? Um, I, I vaguely remember you going, of course you've started a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally, you're like ahead of the game, and like it was obviously, maybe, well, I don't know, it wasn't even on our, we, we hadn't even spoken about yeah, it, just done and it. all of a sudden, bang, there's a podcast, yeah. right? And you're yeah. like, that is brilliant, that is perfect, but like... Um, I wish I had told you to do one uh, as opposed to you just doing it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, coming back to that, and it's one of the one of the reasons I enjoy working with you guys so much is things can just happen and things can get done. Um, I think there's, again, coming back to the smoke and mirrors at marketing and, and, you know, hopefully dishing out a little bit of advice to people listening, um, you can waste a lot of time and a lot of money on paying people to do your marketing for you. Um, and I don't want to knock big agencies at all because there's some really good ones out there and, and equally freelancers. Um, there's some good ones and then there's some charlatans and things can take forever to get done. Um, and you can have blue sky meetings and strategy and all of this stuff. Whereas actually do it, test it, 
If it works, do more of it and tweak it so it works better. If it doesn't work, try something else. Um, the key for me is, you know, it's better to have something that's 90% done and 100% out there than 100% perfect and never goes out there. Um, and it's the same, you know, I remember when we eventually redid the Putney website. It's the kind of thing that if you'd used a web development company to do it would have taken months and it would have taken a huge amount of time uh, from you. It would have sucked a load of energy and a load of cash. Um, and I said, well, look, should I just come to London for the day? Let's set up shop and let's just build a website in a day. in a room and uh, was a, get everyone, was, all the key players in the room and then just do it, right? There was a good wake-up adjustment in the morning followed by a lot of coffee and um, yeah we did it we built a website in a day and it's a similar thing with you know the podcast I remember actually you emailing with something that when you sent the podcast through saying well look I've done this podcast here's a link to where it is um, how can we get it on the website and instead of and when I was typing it out I was like well look I'll just do it uh, so they just sent you back and well, look here it is it's done um, and it just saves everyone time and it can work like that Um and again, like find with uh, talking to chiropractors who might be looking to e- engage with people to do their marketing for them, find people you enjoy working with who have a similar outlook and ethos as you do, because then it's just gonna it's just gonna be smoother. It's gonna be a better relationship for everyone all round, uh, rather than you feeling like you're banging your head against a brick wall because people don't get you or they they don't understand you. Yeah. So the. It's great, isn't it? The, the, there's been numerous things where we've just sort of thrown ourselves into the deep end and then just kind of tested it out and some of it worked, some of it didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, and again, I'm still not sure if this podcasting is working. It's, it's, I guess it's more noise out there. I mean, it, I actually had the idea um, six, 12 months ago when I was at a Cairo conference and I'm like, I really should just interview the Cairo, the team, the Cairo's, the team that we have, so then we can get to know them all a little bit better. And people might actually listen to it before they come in, and then it gives them a little bit more certainty that that's the right person for them. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm still trying to work out how best to record it. Today, I hope everyone's enjoying the new sound on today's podcast actually because uh, it's the first one we haven't done through instagram live so this is in theory an app that is designed specifically for podcasting with a kind of a mobile unit on the iphone still but we're not quite studio professional level just yet (laughs) (laughs) and i still have no idea as to whether or not 30 listeners is a lot or whether it's not much and I should give up. Um, I don't know, but if there isn't a studio in Putney the next time I come down, I think I might be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and obviously lockdown times was really good to do remote stuff, you know, both internationally and just getting the Kairos who could be at home and just sort of saying, hey, look, I'm just going to just join the Instagram live and then we can, so that's worked really well. And the sound I don't think is too bad. Um, and we we talked about this when we were out on the paddleboard and again it's a horrible marketing term to use but doing it on Instagram live multi-purposes the content so you're um, it's going out on Instagram so it's going out on social automatically then you're pulling the audio down from there and you're sticking that on a podcast which is being embedded in the website Um, and say for example using you know using what we're talking about so say we did do that on Instagram Live, you'd have your video on Instagram. So you've got your video content, you've got your social content. 
then the audio is going on um, the podcast site and it's being embedded on the website. So then the audio is done and it's online. From here, if we wanted to, we could take, we could write a whole bunch of articles on chiropractic marketing if we thought that would be useful. Um, so you create one pillar piece of content uh, or, or like the top of the pyramid, if you like. And then from there, it just cascades down because you can use that pillar piece uh, to create a whole bunch of stuff around it. Like, you know, if we were going to go full send into like the social social marketing side of it, um, we could have like some inspirational quotes that we'd get designed all nice that would sit on your Instagram slider carousel. Um, and it'd all come from, you know, just this one conversation. So things don't have to be, uh, they don't have to be complicated and they don't have to take up a huge amount of time. So, and that's the other thing that we haven't done with this yet is you can, uh, this dialogue now, you can actually, is it automate or someone types it up for you? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's some bits. Sort of... um, that what I, I'm not sure how it would work for this, but I use a cool little app and website called otter.ai uh, when I'm doing interviews with people because it automatically transcribes it. Yeah. Um, so just have a chat and it doesn't get it 100% right, um, yeah. but it's okay. close. So it's, it is a magical transformation of yeah, your words yeah. to text. And yeah. then sometimes it will – so it is a, a voice recognition yeah. thing, is it? Yeah, so, and it will recognize different speakers as well. Okay. So it's cool. That's pretty cool. Well, I haven't done that yet, but maybe we should put it into text. This is obviously gold we're talking about. Well, and what, what they did over lockdown, actually, because more people were using – because obviously, like – Zoom went through the roof. Um, they launched an integration with Zoom, so you can now automatically transcribe your Zoom meetings, which is pretty cool. So you could, in theory, so you're going to blow your mind. <laughs> you could do the rather than Instagram Live, you could do pod, the podcast over Zoom and record it. That video could then get uploaded to, say, YouTube or Vimeo and to Instagram. You could have, pull the audio down to use as the podcast and you could get the whole transcription of it and upload that if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should recap. We should. What have we spoken about so far? Uh, go back to number one and two. New people in the door. New people in the door and then keep those people. So just on the keeping, keeping, uh, building loyalty. Uh, I talked about my experience of seeing the chiropractor in Cornwall. Um, I have, so my in-laws now go. So my wife goes, my child goes, my in-laws both go. Um, people I play rugby with go, people I row with go, people from CrossFit go, all because I've told them. Go and see. Go and see this guy. He'll fix you. So from me, You're like an ambassador, yeah, for yeah. living room chiropractic. <laughs> it's true. Right? It is yeah. true. Um, so for like, yeah, for me being treated and really enjoying it, I've maybe sent, gosh, ten, maybe more, ten to twenty people. I would say down there to be adjusted. Um, now, if you look at patient value and lifetime value, sure, some of them might just go in for a course of treatment to get something fixed. Others, I know, still go, you know, bi-weekly. Um, so it's, yeah, the value on it is huge. Um, and it's, again, coming back to 
the word of mouth referrals are going to be your strongest bit of marketing, but you need to make those happen. You can't just rely on it. Um, and tools like the Monday Motivation email, like giving value to your clients, doesn't matter what industry you're in, um, but give them something they don't expect. Create a brilliant experience because, again, that's I think that's part of it as well in terms of recapping. If someone came in and the adjustment wasn't very good, the chiropractor didn't have a nice manner about them, they didn't, they you know, they'd spent however much it costs for an adjustment and they didn't feel like they'd got value for money, they're, they're, they're never going to recommend you. If they've, if they've had an amazing experience, they feel great afterwards, and there's a value add to that as well in terms of stuff that you're giving them that they didn't expect, you're not just meeting their expectations, you're surpassing them. Um, and then that experience, because we're, we're becoming, we live in an experiential uh, uh, society now, I guess, where everyone wants you don't just want the hotel, you want the whole experience of going on holiday. And I think it's the same with any sort of service we buy or, or get. Um, uh, create that amazing experience and add value to it. And then people are going to talk and refer you. Again, gold being discussed here today. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> And I think, yeah, my, my if you've made it to this far, well you're done. obviously <laughs> going to transform the existence of any business, let alone chiropractic. You know, so. Well, and for chiropractic specifically, you know, have a website that's easy for people to use that uh, has got. You know, you still have to have information on there. Where are you? How much is it going to cost? How can I get in touch? How do I book? You know, they're kind of the basics. Um, but then let your personality come through as well. What makes you different? Why should I come and get adjusted instead of going to get a sports massage um, or to see a physio or to whoever it might be? Um, how are you going to help me? Um, why should I come and see you? What makes you different? And if you can start to answer those questions and do it in a really natural and holistic way, I guess, then you are straight away making yourself different to the majority of people out there and your competition. There is a, I don't know whether there are good chiropractors or not, but there's a chiropractors I drive past most days uh, on um, a road near to where I live and it says chiropractic pain clinic. Um, and even just in that name like I don't want to go to a pain clinic Mm. Um, you know they might be the best chiropractor in the world but using pain to sell for me is never gonna uh, is never gonna work I think building but equally it's about striking that balance because like we said at the start people are going to come in because they're in some kind of discomfort or some kind of pain Uh, but I think when you transcend the pain barrier yeah because if you call it pain clinic why would you ever go there yeah yeah right (laughs) yeah Exactly. Maybe we should talk about other do's and don'ts as well. I noticed that I've borrowed Hutch's pen here, which is um, it's called Dixon, Dixon Health, right? Yeah. Now, that's a chiro- uh, and chiropractors underneath. Now, um, right from the outset, I think one of the things that has helped with the success of what I've been doing for 25 years is I've never wanted to call it McLean Family Chiropractic Center, right? Because the moment you associate yourself with being the owner and the guru is kind of the moment that you give up uh, the authority of someone who doesn't have the name McLean. Mm -hmm. Now, admittedly, I think this is a father-son business and they're both called Dixon. I think there are only two chiropractors working (laughs) in there, so maybe that's not a bad name, but... 
that's what I like about what we do at Cairo London too, right? Whereby we we provide an awesome space for you to come in and call it your own. Mm-hmm. Right? And so therefore, I think that helps that experience that the people are having when they come in, but also experience of the people that work for us. We sort of, I interviewed Edwina the other day and we, we, we worked out she'd been there for nine years. Right. Um, and you know, left because she wanted to go back home to Australia. But a lot of our Kairos do hang around for a long time because of the fact that they, I think, enjoy that freedom uh, to have the authority to treat it like their own without actually, you know, uh, having to own it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And that feeling, so for me, again, you know, it's any kind of marketing really, but the feeling that people get when they walk in the door and they're greeted by the CA and they have a nice waiting room to sit into and then they have, you know, they have a good adjustment um, that feeling that people have when they experience something in the physical sense, that's the kind of feeling that good marketing should replicate and capture online. So it means that whatever touch point anyone interacts with the brand, whether that's an Instagram story, whether it's an email that they receive, whether it's an advert that they're seeing on Google or, or wherever they land on the website, it should straight away, they should know and it should capture that um, and, and it should create the same feeling they get as they walk through the door. And if it doesn't, if there's a disconnect, then it's not going to work. Yeah. All right, so that's been a good little summary, I think, of what we do to promote our business yeah. and, and just the day-to-day. And it's not rocket science. It's not magic. It's just get down there and create some content and some experience which is congruent with Mm -hmm. what you're doing Mm -hmm. um but that's been a good chat um however i did want to end this whole conversation right because um we are through that journey of the five years of or so of of using us you've gone from this rugby meathead like pretty chunky dude right to now a man who likes to spend his time in budgie smugglers doing um, crossfit in his back garden yep (laughs) to the point where unbelievably you did in 21 days ten thousand kettlebell swings right and and all this sort of stuff right so talk us through that journey journey what the hell so I've always, um, I've always loved sport. I've always played a lot of sport. Um, played rugby growing up. Um, when I ended up living in Cornwall, I took up gig rowing, did that. Uh, went and, and I'd stopped playing rugby at this point, but then went and had a, a run out for Falmouth's second team. Uh, and because I used to play to a relatively high level, I was, without wanting to sound too arrogant, I was like head and shoulders the best player on the pitch. As chance would have it, the first team game had been cancelled that weekend. So the first team coach was watching the game, collared me afterwards. I've got a six-week-old baby in my arms and a wife who'd had very little sleep, who lovely came and watched. She was stood there as well. Anyway, the coach said to me, uh, could do with you for the rest of the season, mate. <laughs> um, I'm like, wife's looking at me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and super excited. So I was like, oh, okay, okay. So, and, and then ended up playing. Is this a paid position, by the way? Yeah, no, no. No, no amateur no, no. rugby. Yeah, amateur rugby, yeah. 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 So, uh, and, I, and not, you know, not a massively high level at the time. We were in the Cornwall and Devon League. Uh, and the following season, we got promoted to Western Counties, uh, which was great. Won the league, uh, highlight of my rugby career. 
career. Really? Um, so yeah, went back to went back to playing rugby and um, loved it. It was great, but rugby comes with a certain culture which involves a lot of drinking after the game. Mm-hmm. Bus trips back to Cornwall from Bristol are a long way. Um, right. So yeah, from from like South Bristol back to Cornwall, you're on a bus for about four and a half hours coming back after a game. So with you, beer in hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, down, a lot. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. And you must be feeling dreadful. Oh, awful. The next day, then. Yeah. Right? So like, and my, my like wife two days to recover from that. Yeah, my wife being beaten the crap out of. I get really drunk in really cold conditions. Yeah, and then getting really drunk straight away. And Polly Gigrose and quite and Gigro was trained at like stupidly early in the morning, so she'd get up at six thirty on a Sunday to go rowing and leave me with uh, a, a six month old baby uh, <laughs> with a, with a hangover and a busted body, um, which was a lot of fun. Um, but anyway, so yeah, played rugby and um, I played in the back row. I do a lot of tackling, and one of the players who. Push head into places where other people don't really want to go and play with complete disregard for personal safety or health. Um, so I ended up getting fairly frequent concussions. Um, so it got to the stage where, and I'm no spring chicken either, I'm in mid 30s. Um, I picked up my third concussion in less than 12 months and it hit me really hard. Um, I struggled to, I couldn't drive. Um, and when I was in a car, I had really bad travel sickness. Um, I had really bad mood swings. Concentration was hard. Headaches were there. Um, and this was for about, you know, it wasn't as bad as some people, but this went on for about three weeks. Um, of the symptoms being really bad um, and it got to the point you know speaking to a chiropractor speaking to the doctors speaking to the coaches they're like mate you can't play anymore you've got to stop um, and uh, you know I was vice captain that season so it becomes a huge part of your life it's not just about the yes it's brilliant to rock up on a Saturday and go and run into people and smash things up and have a few drinks afterwards but it's the training through the week it's your whole group of friends um, it becomes a massive massive part of your life and all of a sudden people are telling you you can't do that anymore um, and I struggled massively uh, I was busy with work work was pretty stressful all of a sudden my release had gone and I got super depressed to the extent that I was like I need to do something about this um, so before I got into training properly um, went to see a counsellor and was like look I'm really struggling with stuff and just sort of chatted about it um, really helped me uh, at the same time like Polly's whole fitness journey, my wife. So she was really going for it for the gig rowing championships that were coming up. She started personal training, started doing a bit of CrossFit. And it would have been January 2019, I guess. Only um, last year. Yeah, about 18 months ago. And I was like, right, I'm going to I'm gonna do something. I put on a, I'd put on a lot of weight. I was up to like 15 and a half stone. I wasn't particularly healthy. Um, at all I was eating rubbish how many kgs 15 and a half stone I was pushing 100 kg you're a ton yeah nice. yeah I was like maybe like 98 at my heaviest I wasn't far off 100 um, and was like right I just want to I just want to get stronger I want to get fitter I want to be able to live a healthier lifestyle um, so I started using the personal trainer that Polly Uh, uses who is a lady called Helena Collins who's a CrossFit Games athlete and is 
brilliant but just insane and ridiculous and I was like look I don't really want to do CrossFit because I'd had you know you hear all like the myths about CrossFit like oh you'll get injured um, you'll get injured it's stupid it's just high reps really quickly and all of this stuff which to be honest yes there's probably some of some places where that exists but the box that I go to isn't like that at all but initially when I started was like look I don't want to do I don't want to do CrossFit can you just write me a, a gym program I'll go to the gym I'll do that and I'll do a session with you once a week and she did and she's a nutritionist as well so she put a nutrition plan together which again is one of those where it's not a fad it's a lifestyle choice and it's like you know it's not a quick win it's just eat like this don't rule anything out like don't get rid of carbs don't get rid of fat um eat a lot of protein eat good carbs uh eat a lot of fresh fruit and vegetables um and be sensible about it and you know plan your meals out plan your snacks out um so yeah, all of a sudden I started doing this, then started to lose weight, started to get into good shape. And I was like, oh, maybe I, maybe I should try a CrossFit class out. And did, and instantly fell in love. And I was like, oh, I've got to do this. It's, it's amazing. The atmosphere is great. Um, so yeah, did my, uh, I guess my first CrossFit, proper CrossFit class would have been in May last year. Ended up doing my first competition in July. Uh, <laughs> right into the competition. Yeah, straight in. Um, because that whole, I'd missed that whole competitive, you know what it's like if you, if you, if you do, if you like sport and you do a lot of sport, you like, I, that adrenaline rush that you get from competitive sport, you can't really beat it. So yeah, I got really into it. And then it's, you know, through lockdown, I remember, I was doing handstand press-ups against my shed and the neighbour poked his head over and he was like, mate, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, he was like, you're out here every day. And I was like, well, yeah, because I, like, I train six times a week. Before lockdown, I'd do double sessions on at least three of those days. Uh, and it's it, I love it you know it was the and through lockdown I was like this this is actually the highlight of my day coming out of the garden for an hour and a half and slinging some tin around um and doing handstand press-ups or my 10,000 kettlebell swings and you know it's a great community that goes with it it's been wonders for me like I'm down to probably 82 kg so I've lost 18 kilos in uh and I was I've been this way for a while now so it was probably and you've beefed up you've obviously changed your shape yeah my... where I don't think you were wearing the budgie smugglers no. in your rugby days <laughs> yeah, were you yeah. um, well I was just you not were... as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, so that's, that's not a new body yeah thing. no um, yeah changed massively and the, the, the cool thing about it is I wasn't doing it to lose weight I wasn't doing it to get particularly stronger. I just kind of wanted to do it for me. There was no expectations or pressures to, to do it for any other reason other than I really wanted to. Um, and the cool thing about losing weight and getting lighter is like my numbers of what I'm lifting has skyrocketed. Like I had one of my targets for this year was to hit a 200 kilo deadlift. Um, and I hadn't tested it in ages and it came up in class and like the start of January, which was built, you know, build to a one rep max. Um, I did 190 for two and I was like, wow, that felt, felt good. So they put 200 on the bar and up it went. And I can remember like, you know, three months before that, I tried to lift 200 and it just didn't budge mm. <laughs> and even lift off the floor. Um, real what was your yesterday nicely. thing that you did? So I hit, um, I hit 100 kilo power clean, which has been another target for this year. So I've managed to get 100 kilo squat clean and it was 
uh, quite a lot of liftings in the head um, and once, once you've sort of got well it's obviously technique and strength as well but you can really psych yourself out of certain lifts um, on, just to go but a power clean is that thing where you grab the barbell from the ground and whack it in one movement above your head not above your head that's a snatch snatch right so what's the, the power so the power clean is coming up that. to your shoulders but and you go down to the squat and then you push it up from there, right? No, so that'd be oh, clean. No and, so no overhead. Yeah, no, yeah. But so you you'll just get underneath it and then yeah. do the squat up. Yeah, and you do the yeah, and then you leave it on your shoulders. If you were then going to go above your head, right, that's then a clean and jerk. Yeah, but you did a um, hundred kg of that, of which I yeah, think I did fifty. Um, <laughs> I was pretty happy yeah. before the whole thing, right? So yeah, so yeah, that was, and I've I've done it as a squat clean before, and it's a bit if you if you can drop underneath the bar it's a bit easier on a squat clean because you catch you haven't got pull the pull's not as high ah. um so the pull off the ground isn't as oh, high so that's the power clean is where you actually don't squat underneath it you just yeah you're only there. yeah okay. there's a little bit of a dip to yeah. catch it like no dip yeah. at all is called a muscle clean uh, but to do that on 100 kg would be quite something yeah. um so yeah managed to hit that and again was was really pleased um and yeah like my my previous best back squat was like maybe like 120 and i now do that for like so what what sort sets of drives of you to do that though is it just the feeling of the buzz you get afterwards is it the uh are you uh, is it the target based goal based stuff is it because you're not doing competitions anymore so no there's no competitions at the minute like and i guess before lockdown a big driver was to get to get better at CrossFit, so yeah. to be able to compete and be better at competing. Um, the, I think the driver for me is, you know, I, lo- I lost a load of weight, I got stronger, my body completely changed, uh, and then I was happier, healthier, had more energy. It's it's just really good for me. Like, I really enjoy it. Mm. Um, I get, yes, I get the rush of the, you know, the endorphin release and the adrenaline of going to train, Um and I love that bit, but I just, I also quite like the target thing's cool as well. I think it's probably a mixture of everything. Like I like saying, okay, well, how far can I take this? Mm. Um, but it sounds like your mental health is like, um, what? Oh, so much better. In? Yeah. So much better. And, you know, even things like, I mean, I drank more in lockdown than I probably drank all of last year, Yeah, but I don't think most people did. Yeah. Uh, I did. <laughs> uh, but it's at the stage now where, I don't have to be super strict if I don't want to be because I know that I'm not going to revert back to, say, eating the way that I used to. And, you know, a big thing for food, because I I love food and do, like, all the cooking at home, and we'd always eat, you know, freshly cooked meals and stuff like that. It wasn't like I was smashing a McDonald's three times a week. Mm -hmm. Um, But you'd go home and you'd make, like, a big bowl of pasta, and then you'd maybe, like, throw in some nice pancetta, and then a bit of mozzarella will be nice, and then some parmesan on top, and a nice bit of butter to go through it. And all of a sudden, you look at that, and you've got, okay pancetta mozzarella butter parmesan there's like four lots of fat that have just gone on top of my big bowl of lovely white pasta um and just being able to think about things like that and go okay like let's swap the let's swap the the normal pasta for wholemeal pasta and let's just put mozzarella in there instead of uh pancetta parmesan and butter (laughs) and let's throw in some broccoli and some asparagus and you know maybe a chicken breast and all of a sudden you've still got a really lovely meal Mm. you just haven't got fat macros that are through the roof wow all right i think that's an hour by the way bang on 
Brilliant. And if we, uh, if anyone has made it this far, <laughs> well <right>? done. <laughs> I would like to now bring in our sponsor um, because they don't know we're our sponsor. They are our sponsor just yet, but our sponsor Monterey Gin. <laughs> <laughs> Would like to thank anyone who's made it this far <laughs> with a special gift. Are we going to gift? Yeah. yeah, let's do it. <laughs> now, actually, what It'll we're going to do is if you make it this far, then I'm going to do another podcast. The next edition of the podcast is going to be with the actual in the, the gin distillery. Gin distillery, and we'll be giving away gin products. Perhaps is that legal to do that? Can we give away gin? I am not a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> and uh, obviously Simon doesn't know the fact that he's going to be a sponsor of the podcast. No. Um, but, you know, obviously um, we're early days and we'll be sort of um, – obviously Land Rover it hasn't quite come to the party just yet. So, therefore, um, <laughs> we're going to have to start slightly lower – with a gin um, label. Anyway, mate, Tommy, thanks for sharing everything and um, we'll see you soon. Thanks for having me, Craig.